Welcome to the Happy in the Mess podcast. We are your hosts, Marlena, Sherry, and Matthew. We are therapists and coaches, and we want to share our own stories with you, as well as the wisdom, insights, and tips we've learned along the way. Thanks for tuning in to this episode. Welcome to the Happy in the Mess podcast. Thank you for joining us as we launch into season two, 2023, in which we hope that we are not bound for pandemic round three. Uh, yeah. As a matter of fact, we're kicking off this year with our thoughts on changing paths as we work to find happiness in our messes. So I'm joined, as always, by our amazing wilderness guides through these paths. Uh, first up is our spiritual dating coach, Marlena Del Hierro. And then we have the couple's relationship coach, Sherry Timko. And I round out the pack with our misfit spirituality, and I'm Matthew Morgan. So as we start today, um, we... 2023 the change of the year is always this time that we we switch and there's this idea that we need to forge ahead but i think sometimes we also need to take a look and see is is the roadblock too much or is it pushing us in in maybe a different way um and i think our relationship with change uh really starts to become evident um especially as people start new these new habits, these new hobbies and things that they think they should. We were talking in our, our episode last week about creating this and, and maybe this isn't what we want to do. Um, so I guess maybe the first thing as we start talking about this might be like, what's, what's your relationship with change for each of you? How do we uh, decide what changing paths might look like? Mm, that's such a good question, Matthew. Um, I love change because I love variety. I'm a seven on the Enneagram. So I actually really thrive off of the idea of a change. However, um, I think there's a, there's a, a lag, almost a delay for me as far as like, um, getting the motivation to actually do it. But once I'm in it, I'm really, I'm really digging it, but it's like, I have to wait until that spark shows up for me to like actually implement the change, whether that be like a rearranging the furniture in the room, like something small or like completely changing my schedule. So, or my job, you know, like, I do a lot of thinking and people think I'm pretty impulsive, but actually there's a lot of reflection that's going on up here in my mind before changes take place. And I think that's true for a lot of people. It, it's not, it's not as impulsive as it seems. Um, just because I'm not discussing it doesn't mean that I'm not always thinking about change. I love that thought being an internal processor and everything is, is rolling through there. So this, the change can seem very abrupt, even though you have thought about it. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. very nice. And I, and you have gone, you've done even changing the room, changing different streams this, uh, at the, at the end of the year. Um, absolutely. it's been a lot. Yeah, absolutely. What about you share? What's your, how do you take change? What's your relationship with switching things up? Um, I really like change also. Um, but I think that there's two kinds of change. There's the change that we initiate and then there's the inane the change that happens to us. And I think those have really different impacts. If something happens to me, I I think those are the changes that people fight against the most and have the hardest time working through. But if I choose that change, then I feel a sense of autonomy. I feel a sense of power and control in the situation. And that kind of change is often much easier for me to embrace. So would you rather go skydiving of your own volition rather than have the plane go down and be forced to jump out of it? <laughs> That's a great analogy. What I'm hearing there. Absolutely. 
what so, I use. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, like, I wonder, though, Sherry, like, as you shared that, do you think that sometimes, because I do believe that sometimes even the external changes, perhaps we drew them into our environment, or, you know, that that perhaps we're not as as passive, even in those external changes, as it sometimes may seem. Um, an extreme example, I'm just thinking about, like, what if someone does an intervention on you, your family comes together and says, you're not going to kind of sort of force you by their boundaries to go to rehab. Wasn't that change? That change might have been. I mean, there, there, there was some some play in that, and the person who's being interventioned on, if that makes sense. Um, I don't always think that external changes are completely out of the blue. Let's just say, no, and not completely out of the blue. Um, just the difference between making that choice, where you get to think it through and decide how you're going to make that change, and then embrace it, versus the ones that. Um, even things that don't come out of the blue. Um, mm. There's a, I don't know, that sense of fighting against something that isn't of your own choice. Mm. And maybe you're right. Maybe we draw in all of our choices. Um, some of the, the recent, so I've had a recent change that I embraced and was excited about going back to school. That was like all mine. But then I've had some changes in my practice that really did come out of the blue. I really didn't have any warning for. And while I'm like, I've been through enough changes that I feel grounded and I'm going to roll with it and whatever that brings, it brings. There's also that element of, well, I didn't choose that. That wasn't mm. where I was going with this. And so having to come to terms and reconcile that. Mm. Yeah, I get, what, I get what you're saying. Yeah, it can be uh, disorienting when, even if in a sense, maybe secretly you even wanted a, a particular change and then it shows up and you're like, oh, I wasn't fully ready for this. <laughs> well, and that just speaks to the hardness of any change. That right. even the changes that we want and embrace, um, it's hard to know what that change is really going to be like until you're already living it. So even those ones we want can often be a big challenge and be stressful and and make us question whether we made the right choice. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I think that's really one of the hardest things. I love that you ended right there was that idea of did we make the right choice um because i the first thing i go back to and and being of the the white hair variety here um I, I grew up on choose your own adventure books um and it was not uncommon to watch me walking around with my fingers in like eight different places as i held like because i always wanted to go back and remake that choice that if it was the wrong one um and the that was maybe the equivalent of saving my spot for that. Um, and life doesn't afford us that. So we have to make these decisions mm -hmm. based in the moment with what we have. And, and sometimes, and this is probably a whole different episode because it's not quite germane to our topic, but that idea of maybe second guessing where, where we've ended up and where we've gone. Oh, I loved so those books. I would read every ending, every mm -hmm. pathway so that I would get to get to know what each one was like. And as you mentioned that, I think about how much that may have shifted how I think about life, that in a lot of cases, it doesn't matter which choice you make, you end up where you're supposed to be. Mm -hmm. 
I believe that. I think, I think, um, a good mentor of mine used to tell me, you know, there's no wrong choice here. The choice you make is the right one because you chose it. And, and it will, and every choice comes with its own set of sort of consequences, good and bad. And so, you know, it's just another opportunity to make new choices and, and, and carve a new path if you didn't like how it, and you know, that, and that's so nice. I mean, whenever I'm confronted with something I don't like, I'm more clear on what I do like. And if I can just shift my focus that way, I can keep making choices where, oh, I like this. I like this. Oh, I don't like that. Okay. How can I then get gain more clarity? It's just a game of clarity almost like, mm-hmm. you know, every, every choice gives me a little bit more clarity. That's great. We, uh, when we were finishing up college, I, I did my undergrad in North Dakota and, and it, I remember we, we hit the end and we had this very distinct moment of, do we move back home? Do we stay there? Um, and it was like major life decision. And I remember for us, we, we sat down, we prayed about it, um, expecting some great divine revelation for it. And really that was what we walked away from. It was, um, this idea that, uh, Sherry, you're saying no matter what choice you make up, there, no matter what choice you make, you're going to end up where you're supposed to. Um, mm-hmm. And it was this thought that my choices are not big enough to thwart the universe. You know, it's mm-hmm. it, it's a very it's a very small thing, and I can I have that freedom to make that decision. So, I do think that that question of all right, I do think the issue of there's good and bad in every choice. I feel like that is part of that transition into adulting is that embracing the idea that there isn't a good choice and a bad choice. There are just choices and each one has a constellation of benefits and drawbacks with it. And so our choices are really about which set of problems and benefits do we really want to embrace? Mm. Well said, very well said. Like, yes, that's exactly right. (laughs) Yeah. No choice is going to come like a negative, negative consequence free. Mm -hmm. You know, there's always going to be an advantage and a disadvantage. Yeah, always. Absolutely. Growing up with the the 30 minute sitcoms where, you know, your everything was always wrapped up and nice and neat at the the end of the episode. And, you know, just life isn't that way. We have the, the constellations. We have the uh, the different choices, the different consequences that come up and absolutely not necessarily good or bad. It just is. And never expanding and never ending, expanding desires. Like, because Mm -hmm. you've gone back to school, that doesn't mean that's the end of the, that's the end of the line. You're never going to have another desire to do something else. I mean, like, Mm -hmm. I mean, going back to school to learn something new. I mean, goodness, I feel like I have enough curiosity to last me lifetimes. Like, (laughs) you know, like all the things that I want to do. I mean, so it's like, you know, I'll, it's like when you have an achievement, I'm sure you both of you have experienced this and then you get there and you're like, all right, what's next? You know, like, it's just like, what's, I mean, you make the decision. Now you're in the thing. Now what's, you know, mm-hmm. I got the cool job. Now I want a promotion. Oh, you know what? I want to do my own thing. Okay. Like, and it's just never ending. Yeah, absolutely. You don't get to, you don't want, really don't want that Alexander the great moment of just what, what next I've, I've got everything. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm almost curious as we kind of look at this as and look at making this decision. I love the way this this conversation has just kind of organically popped up with our relationship with change. Um, but maybe my my thought here is, how do we know that the path we're on, we've had enough? Enough is enough, and we need to to change that that 
the 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 idea maybe here is the the fine line between stubbornness and stupidity. At what point do you you keep running through the wall hoping that it breaks down versus maybe we try a different try a different road at some point. So I will go first here cuz Marlena is going to have a much healthier view on this. <laughs> Um, I'm just going to own the fact that I tend to be a perfectionist. And so there is a loop that needs to get closed in my brain before I'm willing to move on from something. Mm -hmm. And that has kept me locked in on goals that may not have been the best thing for me to keep working towards. But it is also the thing that keeps me locked in on goals and gets me to do things that I otherwise wouldn't wouldn't push through. Mm -hmm. So I honestly can't give a good set of guidelines about changing course because I need to get to the goal. I need to get to a finished place for most things before I can say, okay, what's next? What's that next step? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's your, Sherry, you're very dedicated. It's one of the most admirable qualities. I mean, you get, you're focused and disciplined. I think that's wonderful. I think that that carries, carries you to completion, which. Yeah. And the other side of that is the cost of it, because right. I don't always know when to say, all right, I put enough into this. It's time to back off. Mm. The concept of the, the Pyrrhic victory um, can be very, can be very again very challenging it's there's no uh, at least not that i have seen there's not an answer key where we we may know this which is a, again a great point of discussion for it mm -hmm. um one of the things that did pop up was you know einstein there's a, a quote commonly ascribed to him that he's he talked about him not necessarily being smarter than others he just stayed with problems longer mm -hmm. um and i and i hear a lot of that again it's there's benefits to it. So. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Okay, so Marlena, let's talk about it's, your perspective on this, because yeah. I think you have a more balanced way of approaching it. Well, I think, I think our emotions are guardrails and indicators of where we are. Um, and, and if something needs changing, um, if I'm feeling irritated, upset, disappointed, hopeless, despair, negativity, pessimism, any of these qualities that are so, so much fun, sarcasm noted, like then, then something, um, something needs to change or stuck, even bored can be a little bit of a, a little bit of a yellow flag being waved internally. Like something's off here and either I need to find a way to figure out, to feel better about it so that I can keep persisting, or maybe I need to change what I'm, what I'm doing with it. Um, I, I may not need to abandon ship altogether, but maybe there's something that needs changing. And I feel like when my emotions are more like excited, joy, enthusiasm, passion, hope, then I'm more on the right track internally. And no one can decide that for me. Ultimately, that's me being in charge of my feelings and understanding what it is they're communicating to me about any given thing. And it could just be a negative belief that's on a loop that I just need to start changing. I do believe though, once you start changing the, the negative loops and the beliefs, the behavior begins to change as well. I mean, the two are very, very much related in my mind. Change the belief, you'll change the behavior. And, and a belief I is simply a thought you keep thinking. Um, this is a really good distinction because I I will admit that I get very hyper-focused on a goal, but mm -hmm. I am very flexible on how I'm then going to get to that goal. And so when I'm not making progress, that mm -hmm. indicate that is an indicator that maybe I'm not approaching that goal 
from the right direction. Mm, and so yeah. putting that down and saying what other avenues are there to that goal. So it's a it's much more cognitive than the emotional that you're talking about. But there is that back even in that that focusing on the the goal, there's a lot of change that happens on the way there. Sure. There's multiple ways for me to get from Texas to North Carolina. I can go the, 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 the coastal route on the Southern States, or I can go up through the more mountainous and lush regions of the Northern States. Like, I mean, if I'm bored of one route, I can definitely change my routing and I can still get there. My GPS though is going to tell me like you have deviated and will give me a new route. Right. But, um, yeah, there's just multiple ways to, to get someplace. And if you're not having a good time getting there, it's almost like, what's the point? I almost feel like life really, I'm beginning to realize that like, I don't humans and me in particular, like somehow I thought that life had to be suffering and that I could only get good things if I suffer instead of believing that no, it's okay to feel good. And like, even when I'm, you know, going for a goal and it may be a little challenging that there's no reason why I can't somehow enjoy my path on the way there. Cause there's nowhere to get, there's going to be a new thing after that. And a new thing after that, like it's never ending. As I said before, it's sort of like, why not enjoy myself on the way there? If, even if that means I'm going to reroute myself to Disneyland for a moment so I can have some fun and then like go back on, on track. That's very inspirational. I'm going to try and embrace that more. (laughs) (laughs) I I heard, I heard a, a very wise person on social media this week. I was flipping through and she posted that we shouldn't always face reality. We should create reality. Uh, (laughs) Yes. So, um, said, oh wait, Marlena, that was you. If I remember, <laughs> <laughs> you know? yes. Which I took from you know the Abraham Hicks and Law of Attraction thing. It's it's mm. uh, I'm creating my reality every moment, every moment, and and what what I see right now is just a result of all my past decisions. So if I want to see something different, new decisions need to be made, um, new actions, new behavior. And I was just reading the other night about because I've been doing a little feng shui around the house. Um, and there's something so true about just changing things around makes the energy change and how I feel and how energetic or, or, you know, it's and they, I read this article about change 27 things do 27, even if you just pick up something and put it down, move 27 things in the house and you will be amazed at how your energy begins to shift. And I was just, and it's so funny how little, little tweaks like that can just help you change. In, mm-hmm. in a positive way and decluttering. Oh my gosh. Decluttering. You know, I'm sure you all have heard messy, messy bed, messy head. So mm-hmm. true. Like I can think so much more clearly when my space and especially surfaces are clean and, and just clear. It's just amazing. I mean, I'm just uh, giving like little tips that I use myself to um, help me move into a, uh, to get unstuck essentially. Yeah. Is that good? That's a great, great tip for sure. So, so in there, I mean, in, we're talking as we talk about change. I think a lot of times when change gets really overwhelming, it's because we're thinking about having to to change everything, to change locales, mm-hmm. to change career paths, relationships. Um, and there's definitely a, a time for that, but there's also a time for those small changes, like you said, as as even just changing something in the room. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm totally with you. I love if I'm having energy where I'm feeling stuck. A lot of times, I just I'll, I'll go work on a project or work on a, a room or something like that and move things around. So, mm-hmm. um, go ahead. A great phrase too, is like, um, if you want to change a thought, move a muscle. I tell mm-hmm. my clients this a lot, change a thought, move a muscle. 
it, it literally go change, just change the room that you're in, like take a walk outside, do something, move, move something around. I mean, just the, the active movement will get you unstuck just a little bit. And hopefully that will gain some momentum and lead you to more actions to get you unstuck. Um, it's like, that's, I, I hear this a lot with clients, like how stuck they feel either in their relationship or their job or their routine or their health. Um, yeah. yeah. I think my big way of getting unstuck is to take a shower. And I know that I, I, it's one of those iconic things that people talk about, but um, it truly like breaks the cycle of thought and gets me to relax enough to put different pieces together in different ways. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I love that. Just small little um, breaks in, in sort of the routine or the day, even if it's like, I don't normally take a bath at 11 AM, but I'm going to, because I just need, <laughs> I need a change. Um, we're, and that, that's, adults, we can do that. Yeah. It's, it's so, it's such a way to give yourself self-compassion and grace is to allow yourself to do something different. Like ultimately, as I like to tell you too, you made the rules so you can change them. <laughs> mm-hmm. I had a job very early in my career where I had a lot of flexibility and there were days when I would start the day and then it just would not go well. And I would go back home and I would start over. I love that. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, if I was, I used to have a job that I really was very, very challenging emotionally. And I would start over by closing my office door and, and meditating as if it was the start of a new day. And then I would grab a cup of coffee. Yeah. And just redo it. I'm like, we're starting over. <laughs> It's a great way to do it. Just be able to to have that mindset shift and absolutely share. I like what you were saying about the taking a shower to clear the head. And obviously we can't do that in the middle of the day unless well, working from home. Now we have all sorts of options, but uh, you know, I, I used to, when people would ask like where I did my best writing, I always told them I was like either in the, in the car or in the shower, which are just very unfortunate places to write. Um, <laughs> But I think in our own head, it's it, we're able to rewrite these realities um, and and maybe see things a little bit more clearly. So. Yeah, I'm glad you're. Um, the car is another place. Going on a long trip, even if I'm listening to a book while I'm traveling, it like it's that experience of relaxing my brain and like letting go, so that I can, I can think straight. Yep. Absolutely. And even that, uh, kind of making this a practical thing here, um, I, I struggled for the longest time being in a, a city uh, where the traffic is not always the friendliest. Um, and I maybe didn't always have the happiest attitude behind the wheel that I should. Um, I did a lot of communicating with other drivers uh, that was sometimes maybe not totally appropriate. Um, <laughs> shamefully, uh, I was learning. Um, but as I learned to... And it was it was this frustration, right? As I learned where this frustration was inside of me, um, I I shifted the mindset very much to that, like, okay, now I'm going to listen. I'm going to listen to a podcast, or I'm going to listen to a book, um, or I'm going to spend some time working on myself as I'm parked on 71 in sweltering traffic, and you know, and everybody else around me is angry. And it was so funny because I noticed this shift where it was I was almost just kind of in this little Honda bubble, and like everything was okay, and. And it just was, it was what it was. And I was where I was and there wasn't a lot I could do about it. Um, mm. you, you can't shift your path when you're in the middle of the freeway. Um, mm. it's frowned upon, um, by a lot of people with red and blue lights, I hear. Uh, so you just kind of embrace where you're at for that point. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, again, as we're leading this discussion of do we change paths? Do we stay where we are? Mm-hmm. Um, do we stay the course? Um, and making that as an informed decision. And that's such a good precursor to change. Or actually, the what you're talking about, Matthew, is exactly what's needed for change to happen is this acceptance of where you are until you fully acknowledge and I would say even like and enjoy where you are, not much will change. Um, yeah, it's it's about shifting attitudes and and again beliefs. Like I'm in traffic, I got nowhere to go, nowhere to be. You know, the, clearly, the universe has deemed it like necessary for me to be in this for however long. So, like, let's make this as enjoyable as possible. Uh, and then question, it will change. Yeah. This question about um, or this idea of liking where you are is almost the opposite of, I think, what most people use in order to change. And that yeah. if you like where you are, then why would you change? Mm. Yes, that's the paradox, I feel like, in, in, in the spiritual paradox of like, uh, another mentor of mine used to tell me, like, until you love and accept exactly where you are, nothing's going to change for you. And she was so right. I cannot tell you how many times I've found that to be true. And it's really about finding the gratitude and appreciation of this particular step in my journey, knowing that it's not going to last. And can I just milk it? For what it is giving me because when i'm feeling more gratitude and appreciation i actually attract more of that into my life and when i'm hating everything and criticizing and being judgmental of myself and others guess what more of that's going to come and so it's sort of like again that mentality shift because if i do it's like a don't uh have what you want want what you have kind of thing um more of that will it, it gains its own momentum because it kind of create again it goes on that like sort of that neural network of I'm happy, I'm happy. Oh, more happiness is coming to me. Look mm-hmm. at, look at these new things. If I'm smiling, other people are more likely to smile back at me. But if I'm surly and not making eye contact, then I'm going to repel people. Anyway, it's just something that I've been noticing in my own life as I make shifts. Yeah. I think I've heard it. The only way to get everything you want is to want everything you get. Exactly. Ding, ding. Yep. Good. It's a good quote. We're going to have to start farming these episodes and make sure we grab some of these out of there so the uh and i think what i'm hearing from the two of you this concept of there's a a push-pull concept maybe here um is that when we're unhappy we're we're acting out of a sense of maybe fear or discomfort and we're pushed in any number of directions um Mm -hmm. which at that point i think you you run a more randomized set of where you might be because again you're just you're just trying to get away from something. Um, Enneagram is a great example of, you know, our fears versus our desires. Um, And if we're acting out of our fears, we're just a little more chaotic. Whereas if we're acting out of our desires and we find that it might be that little pinpoint of light, but it's, Mm -hmm. but it's a light and it's, that's where we want to go as we're changing paths, quote unquote, you know, we're, we're actually, I think maybe refining our path a little bit more and, and finding that. Clarity. Yes. Yeah. When I think of this process of coaching, the different uh, titles that I have worked with, where I started out as just a relationship coach and then into a couple's relationship coach. And now I'm thinking maybe I'm a married dating coach. And like, there's this path of like honing down and refining and getting closer. And maybe that isn't where I'll land in the end, but it's closer than I was at the beginning. Mm. Right. And you couldn't have known all of that had you not tried out these other, I mean, started out kind of general. And I think that's a really actually great tip for all of us is like, it's okay to start a little bit more general. It's actually easier to start um, feeling better and, and just like 
trying something when it's general, and then you get specific as you go, as you begin to gain some momentum and perhaps confidence and, and just clarity. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well stated. I almost hear the, the cry of a recovering perfectionist with that, you know, <laughs> <laughs> right. just um, try, <laughs> just try exactly. Do or do not. There is no try. No. Um, the, so as we kind of, as we start to wrap up here a little bit, I know we, we've kind of peppered in some ideas, but any final thoughts on some practical ways to make, to make these changes if we decide that it's time to, to change paths? Well, Matthew, you said it for me. And I, and I think just doing a practical sort of, if you want something to change and you feel stuck, uh, well, declutter, start there. <laughs> but then secondly, start appreciating whatever it is that is in front of you and, and, and milk out that enjoyment of what is happening. Cause there's gotta be something that you can find to appreciate and whether you need to write that down or say it out loud, or just mentally think about, oh man, you know, I just appreciate right now that I have a routine and a schedule that's very predictable. And that allows me some time to do go to the gym at the end of the day or whatever it is. Even if you're not thrilled with the job, you have a steady, you know, I actually know what I'm going to make at the end of the week. So something that you can hold on to in order to start attracting actually something even better into your existence. I guess I would sum this up as we're going to have the emotions. We're going to have a constellation of emotions, no matter what choice you make. And those emotions inform but we can't let fear be the emotion that dictates what choice we make or don't make. Mm -hmm. And so to accept that those, those emotions are going to be there, that happiness, sadness, frustration, irritation, uh, fear, all of those are going to be there in some level with every choice. And to have that clarity of being able to say, but it's worth pushing through that because what I want is on the other side of that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. We're very well said. So just trying to find those, those moments. So um, I think just listening to you two today, is just always, always phenomenal. And it just warms my heart to, to be able to spend this time. I think um, I'm just very envious of some of the individuals that you all are coaching, because I know you're both great at what you do and have so many wonderful ideas that you're fleshing out. So on, on that notice, um, I know both of you have projects that you're working on. Where can people find you? And, and if they're interested in maybe getting some changing path information, where can they come to you? Sure. You can find me at coachmarlina.com slash homepage. There I have, you know, you can book a call to get some clarity, see if we're a good fit. I do EMDR coaching and, um, and you can find some free meditation audios on that page as well. You can find me at sherrytimco.com. Um, there's a bunch of stuff there. Uh, I'm very, very excited about my latest project, which is a dating program for couples so that they can repair and, and connect again um, through fun. So it's a structured dating program. Um, it's closed right now. It will be opening up again in March, but I am in that excitement of working on that and working with couples who are delighted to be connecting with one another again. Lovely. Awesome. Awesome. So don't wait. People sign up and make sure you get in while you can. So. And Matthew, what are you offering? Yes. So um, I have, uh, I'm doing a, uh, I'm still working on my uh, this series of burnout for clergy. Um, we're also uh, 
putting some finishing touches on some really good geek therapy resources. So for people who have the the nerdiness bend a little bit, feel free to check out my website and it's at matthewemorgan.com or you can look up Misfit Refuge. I'm still trying to decide which one I'm going to roll with. So they're both open. Uh, so, but I appreciate both of you again and everybody else. If you enjoyed this content, we would love for you to like, share, subscribe, hit the notifications, tell your friends, send out carrier pigeons, whatever you do to <laughs> let people know. Um, and feel free to use the the social media links to send in questions or, or comments. Um, and we'll be able to use that in some future episodes. So until then, just continue being happy in the mess. Thank you very much. Thank you.